man, wouldn't it be great if all of the people who just walked by and looked at our dogs and smiled, we could tell them the same thing that we've told those two groups of people today. Imagine the impact of, you know, widespread information that can happen. And next thing you know, it's like, oh man, what if people could just see what dogs have been adopted or rescued and and kind of strewed from there. But yeah, completely agree. Definitely just want to make it an environment and let people know that they can approach and ask and learn. Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. On this episode, I am chatting with Liz Noel of Best Life Leashes. Liz is such a positive force in the pet parent world and the pet industry. I think you're going to love getting to know her. We chat about what sets her products apart and how they're so much more than a product. She's really building a community through the two-stripe symbol. I loved learning about the symbolism and the meaning behind the stripes and how they're educating people about rescue dogs. Liz also shares the product development process and how her leashes have evolved over time based on customer feedback. Lastly, Liz explains how important customer testimonials are and how they come into play in her marketing strategy. If you love listening to this conversation, there's actually more where this came from. Liz interviewed me for her vlog cast series on the Best Life Leashes YouTube channel, and that interview is live today as well. Check the show notes for a link or come over to Instagram and say hi to me at wearwagrepeat, and you will find all the links there as well. Liz Noel is the founder of Best Life Leashes, where she created the first ever symbol for rescue dogs. While working in veterinary medicine and volunteering for dog rescue groups, Liz interacted with thousands of dog parents. She learned that people who had adopted a dog were all inspired to do so after seeing and hearing about other people who had adopted their pets too. This light bulb moment led to the creation of Best Life Leashes and a mission to help more people share their rescue dog story to inspire, you guessed it, more dog adoptions. Liz is a proud dog mom to two adorable rescue dogs, Mr. Breakfast and Buddha. She is also referred to as mom by Kevin, the bearded dragon, and Tater Tot, a Honduran curly hair tarantula. In her downtown downtime, Liz loves strategic board games, music festivals, video games, and golf. Hi, Liz. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Tori. Thanks so much for having me. Okay. Before we talk about anything, I need to know how and why you have a tarantula. That's a, um, oh, it's one of those weird, um, I love spiders and I always have, I've thought they're really cool. Um, you know, the webs and pretty, um, and it's just one of those, like I got my first place to myself and I went, man, I want a tarantula who knows why. And I just happen to have a friend of a friend who uh, like breeds certain tarantulas. <laughs> and he said, Hey, I can give you one of these. They're the easiest to take care of. 
And I said, yeah. And I'm kind of just thinking, what am I going to name her? And or I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl at the time. It's been confirmed. She's a girl. But tater tot, the tarantula just sounded good. And it was just kind of a childhood dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a first. I can't, I can't say that I can relate to that story. <laughs> My fiance hates spiders. So it's a I'm very happy though, that you fulfilled your childhood dream. Um, but yeah, I tater tot, uh, I'll, I'll pass on petting tater tot. I think (laughs) she'll pass on Um, that too. She's very like agoraphobic and only to be touched. So she's a super easy pet. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, (laughs) it all, it all works out. Doesn't it? Um, so let's talk about, uh, something that I know a little bit more about, which is dog business. <laughs> uh, so you have a brand called best life leashes. Uh, and in your bio, I read that, um, you created a symbol to represent rescue dogs. Um, can you kind of tell us about, um, what that means? Like what, what is this symbol and how is it used in your brand? Yeah, absolutely. Here we go, man. This is where it gets good. I love this part. Um, so the symbol is two white stripes. They are sort of like at an angle parallel to each other. And um, the purpose behind white is it's a symbol of new beginnings, of purity, um, and sort of like positive um, future outlook. And uh, that's essentially adopting a dog. You know, you're both starting over. This dog gets a new life. You kind of get a new life with that dog. And uh, they're parallel next to each other because that is how we live with our dogs. They're going to be with you, you know, straight on through the end. And, um, you know, just a bright, pure future together of of unknown goodness to come. And so that's essentially sort of the idea behind it being two white stripes. Um, The main idea is it's easy. It's simple. It's easily recognizable. There's no deciphering as to oh, is it this or is it that? It's just boom, two white stripes so that people can see it and know exactly that it means that dog is a rescue. Um, And by rescue, we say adopted from an animal shelter, um, a second home, a rescue group, you know, any, I even have some people that said that they rescued a puppy when they saw it in the puppy store back when in California, when they were allowed to sell um, puppies, not from rescue groups. Um, so it's, it's really kind of like, I always kind of say that like a rescue dog is sort of like your intentions and mindset of going in, you know, if you believe you gave it a better life from where it was. Um, so that's what we mean by rescue dog, just to kind of clarify. Um, but, uh, and it's to essentially so that people can see that dog is adopted or a rescue dog. That person is proud and wanting to display that, Hey, look at this choice that I made. Um, and you know, one of the really main primary reasons is to help educate people, um, who are not familiar with rescue dogs or dog adoption. Um, a lot of people are very surprised, you know, when they see our dogs that they are purebred dogs, they are happy looking dogs, they're healthy looking dogs, uh, they're popular breeds, um, all sorts of things. It, it's a lot of misinformation and uneducation about um, adopting a dog out there. And that's sort of what we want to use to our way to, to clear it up and help educate, but without any sort of lecturing, like let the dogs, you know, do the, the teachings. Yeah. I think that there's such a need for, for communication and, and conversation in a non-judgmental way. I think there's so much judgment going on everywhere, um, in so many different ways, but especially, um, 
the online dog community, I feel like, uh, is such a positive place, but every once in a while, this kind of judgment seeps in, or you just get some trolly people. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it, I, I think that anything that kind of encourages this conversation is great. And as we know, like walking around out in public with our dogs usually does spark a lot of conversations and people want to come up and talk to you. So to have this as like a, a icebreaker is, is such a great way to, to meet people and like get connected with your community. I mean, there's so many benefits. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. I mean, there's, um, it, you know, the idea of having a symbol on a leash or collar or now harness um, really came from, you know, people asking us about our dogs and being surprised that they're, you know, adopted and having that, like you stated, the judgment-free, open-minded, um, respectful and friendly and inviting um, communication and conversation to invite questions and to make it okay that they didn't know um, or to make it okay that they're not comfortable with, you know, adopting a dog yet simply because they don't know, but you can turn that around and and educate them more about ethical breeders and how to properly go about, you know, making that decision. Um, So we would notice that a lot. And one day I I looked at my uh, now fiance, Chad, and and said, man, wouldn't it be great if all of the people who just walked by and looked at our dogs and smiled like we could tell them the same thing that we've told those two groups of people today. Imagine the impact of, you know, widespread information that could happen. And so essentially that got wheels turning, little conversations had. Um, and next thing you know, it's like, oh man, what if people could just see what dogs have been adopted or rescued and, and kind of strewed from there. But yeah, completely agree. Definitely just want to make it an environment and let people know that they can approach and ask and learn. But also if they don't want to ask and they don't want to learn, they can have a positive experience with the dog that they now know is a rescue. And that's sort of a, you know, if they have misconceptions or the stigmas attached to them being aggressive or not as friendly, you know, those start to dissipate when you have more and more positive experiences with the dogs. Yeah. And and I think that, um, people just do have a lot of kind of preformed ideas in their mind, um, of what a rescue dog is, if they're not already, you know, I think everyone listening to this probably gets it, (laughs) but, but for the people out there, um, who maybe don't get it, um, they just, they might have a certain idea of what that means, but, um, yeah, you have purebred dogs. I Bert is a purebred chocolate Labrador, beautiful dog. And he was in the shelter for over 300 days. So, um, you know, he, people, he's just such a people dog. I call him Bert the flirt because he just like connects with people. We were just walking this morning and some lady from like a block away was like already eyeing him up and, and we approached and they, he like went up and like leaned against her and looked in her eyes. And she was like, I'm in love with him. And, and that happens to him like every day. Oh my God, <laughs> so, so you know, I think to educate people, Hey, he's a rescue that nobody wanted for a year. Um, you know, that could really change people's, um, preconceptions. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And breakfast is the same. He is just this, like, he has this little like waddle that he walks with and his smile is really big. He's a bully, like an an American bully. He has no ears left, but he has these big round eyes, this big smile, this wide little, you know, stout body. And when he just kind of turns his head and keeps walking and smiling and looks at people, you can just like, they're like, Oh my God, (laughs) like, what is this creature? And 
you know, and I let them know, yeah, he was adopted and returned multiple times, um, all this stuff. And it just, you can just kind of really see them going, oh, wow. And it's without, um, you know, me having to ask, oh, have you adopted? Have you, you know, it's like, you don't have to ask questions. You just have to educate in a very friendly way. So it's been awesome. Yeah. Well, so I want to, we could talk about rescue dogs forever, obviously. Um, but let's talk a little bit about, about your business too. Um, and so not only is it kind of a conversation starter, um, and, and a community for rescue dog advocates, um, but you also put a lot of, um, development and research into the actual function of your product. So um, you know, you tell us, just tell us about your products. I know that, um, your leashes, uh, you put a lot of work into making them practical and comfortable and durable and all this kind of stuff. So just tell us a little bit about that, like product development process. Yeah. Awesome. I was, um, I'm very new to business or entrepreneurial or product, anything. Um, so most of it was a lot of just research, asking questions, um, connecting with people who are knowledgeable about it and, you know, sort of leveraging the data of what other, you know, companies are doing and seeing what works for them and reaching out to them and talking to them and asking questions. Um, but the design aspect of it was more so um, <laughs> came from my deep uh, irritation and, <laughs> and like just passionate, like over the swinging poop bag holders and what to do with these poop bags and why are they always plastic? Why do they hit my wrist? And why does that hurt so bad? And like, Oh my gosh, those things always smack me in the ankle. I don't use them anymore, but they were the worst. And they can scare dogs. And, you know, people have reported that, you know, their dogs used to be scared and everything. Um, but yeah. And then just the material of the leashes, like I hate that feeling of leash burn of like, Oh, and it like smarts your skin. So it all just kind of really came from there and uh, talking to other people and learning that they were tired, kind of tired of the same thing. Um, learning more, like reaching out to manufacturers and asking questions. So a lot of the, the product development was a learning process, but also taking my ideas and seeing which ones were good enough to desires and, and hatreds, you know, and seeing which ones were good enough to, to pull it through or which ones were not realistic and just kind of like a you know, you have to kind of get over this sort of thing. And and what I mean by that is the padding. Um, We finally did find a padding that was, um, I wanted one that was, it sounds weird, but moisture, like wicking. So like it didn't, you know, if your hands are sweaty or, you know, whatever happens. Yeah, um, it didn't like absorb it. And yeah, yeah. just like, and keeps, you know, being wrung out a week later. Um, But also I really wanted a slim design, something to stay nice and sleek. with multiple handles, uh, but that didn't like bulge out or like catch on anything or, or whatnot. Um, and being kind of like a person who really appreciates like a sleek design and not wanting to look like have anything bulky, like near her or around her is like, you know, I'm a petite person. Maybe that's why, but, um, we finally found a padding that was, uh, stays very slim, but is cushioned enough to, you know, really feel good. And then also have those moisture wicking, uh, properties, and it was just, again, like trial and error um, and persistence. You know, I didn't find it at first, but we eventually found it. So um, if anything, advice-wise, just keep, keep going, keep researching and learn. Did you hear the news? I created a quiz to help you find your petpreneur personality type. 
answer four quick questions, and not only will you discover what type of petpreneur you are, but you'll also get a curated playlist of the Wear Wag Repeat podcast designed for exactly where you are in your pet business right now. From an underdog champion to a possum petfluencer or a prosperous petpreneur, each playlist includes 12 episodes from the archives. Plus, after you get your results, you'll receive a few emails from me with special advice to help you reach your pet business dreams. Take the quiz and fetch your results today at wherewagrepeat.com slash playlist quiz. Yeah, if there's some kind of material or feature that you want and the first five people tell you it's impossible, the sixth person might have the solution. Yeah, yeah. And it's just writing down what you want, asking, I need a material that does this, this, and this. And they say, oh, okay. So you can kind of go through the process of elimination there. So did you originally launch with just a leash or um, did you have a leash and a collar? I know now you have fanny packs and you mentioned harnesses. Um, so, how, you know, how, how did you go about adding products to your line? Yeah, we started off with um, our signature cargo leash, which is the one where I uh, made a design to where you can have it attached, like the poop bag dispenser attached to the leash. Um, it's slightly big enough for like small items, chopstick, cash key, or single key, house key. Um, and then also as a second handle over it. Um, so that was sort of like the first product that we launched in black and it had a gold hook cause I thought it was pretty. And then, um, also I did the martingale collars because, um, those are just the type of collar that, you know, I feel is more sufficient for walking. So the whole idea of our products is they're made to be, um, used outside or used out in public, um, not really as much hanging around the house because when we're out in public is when we want people to, to see the stripes. Um, so that's why I mostly went with uh, the martingale collar. But yeah, we had two products, um, black cargo leash, which was four foot in length and a black martingale collar. And uh, yeah, since then expanded. Well, you're speaking my language. I love a short leash with a traffic handle. Um, that is what I use to walk my dogs in the city. You know, I think when you're when you're out in different areas, different things work, but in the city for us with, with traffic and cars and bikers and people and the dreaded UPS truck, like four or five feet and a traffic handle. That is my optimal leash. (laughs) And what's cool is it's, it's evolved over time. So when we first started off, um, we had the loop handle and the handle above the, um, the poop bag, um, cargo pocket, um, no traffic handle. Oh, and okay. Sorry. Kind of like went from there. Oh, you're fine. And then uh, I kind of like that. You're like, I'm like, oh yeah, I for- I forget sometimes that we didn't have it. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but it was my whole thought process was, oh, you have this second handle, and the material is the same as seatbelts, so it's really soft, pliable. But yeah, I definitely noticed like I would grab it to go shorter, and I'd be like, ah, oh, slight leash burn, you know, still there, and that's what prompted the um, traffic handle. Um, but just kind of the design and placement of it. And again, the padding to make sure it would stay sleek and slim. A lot of people are like, I didn't even see that the handle was there. So I was like, that's what I wanted. But yeah, so it's been kind of, it's really cool. How it's been developing over time and improving. And even now, you know, we're working on a design to improve the current cargo leash five foot one with, you know, three handles and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, that's really, I mean, that's the great part about having your own company is that you can kind of like keep refining it. Um, and I think that's what, 
you know, a lot of like newer, um, you know, women owned brands are constantly evolving and innovating and making it better. Um, like the big, big companies that you see in the big box stores, they never, seem to, (laughs) I don't want to call them out, but they never seem to innovate and improve things. So, you know, it's the smaller, it's selling. So yeah, (laughs) it's working, but you know, I feel like with the small brands or small business brands, um, we rely on customer satisfaction more. Um, I think we also think about our customers a little more than like the big guys do, um, simply because we, we recognize the value of them. Um, but it's, yeah, it's definitely something that I've noticed as well is, is the women-owned brands tend to kind of go like, hmm, like keep improving, keep involving, no status quo, like no stagnancy. Yeah. Well, because nothing's ever good enough for us. So we have to make <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, speaking, so speaking of your customers and everything, I mean, that's such a big part, I think of having, um, an e-commerce store is the testimonials and the people leaving reviews. Um, so how, how does that kind of play into your marketing strategy or does it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, it was so, it's kind of funny when I was first teaching myself like digital marketing strategies and content strategy, um, and learning from other people, taking courses, I began to feel really overwhelmed as to what's like, what it, what it was, what it is. And I really love that you brought up like what is involved in your marketing strategy. Um, and so I think like when people are feeling overwhelmed as to figuring out, you know, all those aspects of it, it's, it became a lot more simpler for me when I realized it's my it's the customers, you know, it's how to reach them and it's what they giving them what they want and different little layers. So I love that you put that, that is all part of it. Sorry. I just wanted to like, let you know, it's like, Oh, it's cool. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, a lot has gone into it. Um, and it, you know, of course, like everything else, it builds and improves over time. You um, see different things and, and use feedback from, from everyone. Um, I would say the biggest part of our marketing and growth strategy is um, our donation programs and onboarding um, rescue partners um, and animal shelters um, to do our either one-for-one or monetary um, donation programs. Uh, we are a small business still, even though we've grown um, a lot of, you know, any profit essentially has gone towards either the donation program or improving um, our products. So that way we could just continue to grow and grow. Uh, we're sort of on that like long-term um profitability, you know, plan, um, using organic growth versus like paid ads. Um, so yeah, the, the rescue partner program is essentially one of the most vital, uh, components of our marketing strategy. Um, mostly because they, one, it helps us, you know, be a cause, like a true cause, um, donating to, to good work that people are doing for the dogs that we're, you know, making products for. Um, and also it is essentially a, a, free advertising source. Um, uh, is it perfect? No, not by any means, but it's definitely um, something that has been very, very essential to our growth. Um, and then also to go back to your point, the uh, customer reviews and everything connecting with customers is has been a very integral part of our um, marketing strategy. And I knew from the get-go that I kind of wanted to grow slow over time and I hate to say it this way because it sounds so violent, but essentially like build an army <laughs> of supporters of the, of the Stripe Squad and, and you know, just get people who are on board, like really passionate and want to support versus people who are, you know, kind of like seeing an ad and buying just 
like one time thing, if that makes sense. So all of that kind of tied in together of, uh, I guess you could say, connecting with people and connecting with our, our supporters and, um, you know, giving the fulfillment of people donating back to a good cause. Yeah. So what, can you talk a little bit more about your, um, like nonprofit or your, or your rescue partners? Um, cause it sounds like it's a little bit more involved than just making a monthly donation, which a lot of brands do, um, or, you know, doing a one-time thing. It sounds like a little bit more involved. So if you could just tell us a little bit more about that, that'd be great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We are, um, those, I, love that you recognize that it's more involved. This is awesome. I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, one thing going into this, I did say, you know, when we started um, with my partner and said, I, I, we have to do some sort of donations. We have to support the the animal rescue or animal welfare um, community or mission. And um, one major, major advice that I remember being given is to stand out um, and to not you know, don't reinvent the wheel, but maybe improve it a little bit. And uh, so kind of noticing that there are a lot of other, I mean, the leash collar brand market is saturated. <laughs> you know, there's a lot. Um, so study what they were doing and realized that, like you said, it, it, it was kind of like, hey, or this is donated. Um, or we donate every year, you know, to these lists of, of shelters. Um, so we wanted to be a little more involved and actually do more than, than the donation program. Um, so what we do is uh, we vet each animal shelter rescue that either we reach out to or, to or they reach out to us. Um, we are wanting to make sure that our missions fit and they're okay with our mission um, being, you know, the, the less judgmental, less kind of game and, and uh, guilt and shame. Uh, driven promotion, if that makes sense. Um, and if they're not, it's totally okay. But if they are, we bring them on board, we give them a personalized code. And what that code does is it gives their followers or their audience um, that they send to our website 10% off. And whatever they purchase, we either donate uh, one for one um, of each item that that person purchased with that code directly to um, that organization. Um, or we do a percentage of the purchase total prior to the discount. Um, to directly to that organization. And I think the reason I say directly to is because um, there's no like, oh, we collect them all and then distribute them evenly, you know, throughout the year. Right. It is, each rescue partner has a, a bank, so to sort, so to speak. Um, and everything that they do to bring in people to us, um, they will benefit from directly, you know, with those um, amount of, of donations. Um, and on top of the donations, we also offer um marketing advice. Uh, so social media um, strategy, you know, to not only share our code and help them get more donations, but to also help with other fundraisers, you know, these techniques and pointers that we're providing them um, because, you know, a lot of dog rescue people, they're not marketing people. They're, they're not supposed to be, <laughs> you know, they're animal people. Um, so I want to help fill in that gap for them and say, okay, if you're having trouble with this, try this caption and this copywriting or, you know, just little certain things like that um, that can be applied to every single fundraiser they have from the air out and promoting. That's awesome, Liz. I love that. Um, I, I, um, years ago, I had an Instagram course for pet people. Um, I don't offer it anymore because Instagram's changed so much. Um, but back then I, I did like a scholarship program for rescues. You could, for everyone who signed up, you could nominate a rescue to get the course for free because 
you're right. Like they just need a lot of help um, with social media because they're short staffed and they're probably more short staffed now than ever. Yeah. So that's awesome. I love that. Um, well, it, it's been so great learning about everything. Um, you have to give Mr. Breakfast and Buddha a big, <laughs> a big hug for all of us. Um, and before we go, if you could tell everyone where, where can they learn more about best life leashes online? Yeah, definitely. Um, we have our website. It is www.bestlifeleashes.org. Uh, Best Life Leashes is all one word and it's .org, not .com. Um, and you can also follow us on Instagram. Handle is Best Life Leashes, all one word. Um, and if you're interested in the cute dogs, you can check out uh, the handle mr.breakfast, uh, Mr. Breakfast on Instagram as well. Mr. Breakfast is worth a follow. Very, very cute content over there. Um, Thank you so much, Liz. Thanks for sharing your story and your time with us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tori. It was really great to be here. Thank you for everything that you do. Tune in next Wednesday for another new episode of the Wear Wag Repeat podcast, where you'll get to know an entrepreneur with over 15 years of experience in knowing exactly what it takes to sell a product at stores like PetSmart and Whole Foods. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at teamistic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or Join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wearwagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.